0: Visit chrissawyer.anny-mack.com. Email him at csawyer at mackcom or give him a call. 860-878-8730. Chris Sawyer, NMLS number 39345. Corporate NMLS number 338923. Mac Home Mortgage and Equal Housing Lender. American Neighborhood Mortgage Acceptance Company, LLC. DBA, Mac Home Mortgage. lo Act. Direct. Connecticut First Mortgage Correspondent. License Lender Broker Number ML 338923. Massachusetts Mortgage Lender and Mortgage Broker License Number MC 338923. Rhode Island License Lender. License Number 20112810. l call for additional details first is. down,
1: wide open, it's Barkley, and Saquon Barkley will take it into the end zone. Your best ability is availability. Saquon Barkley, he's great when he's on the field, but the problem is since 2018, he hasn't been healthy for this team. Look at this, they love it So he taps it in on the glass. How about that?
2: Porter Morger, I think right now, is the best coach of college basketball, hands down. Fins two for three, he's done his part
0: pitch is drilled the deep right field toward the
1: pole, and it is gone. They don't mind not being what they were in the 90s as the best organization in baseball, because the Yankees are not They're even close to the best organization in baseball.
2: they are trying to be the
1: Rays, and
2: the Rays do this for a reason. Like, you're the Yankee.
1: Welcome to Sports Talk with RMJ. Uh, I'm I'm your host Steve Risser, along here with Justin D'Anafrio, and we are here. It is the NBA Finals, and uh, and we're here. That we are, I like a lot of us expected the first opponent, the Warriors, to be here. I think we we all expected the Warriors to be here, but the Celtics, looking at where they were at the middle of the season, being 500, remember when they lost that buzzer beater to the Knicks when RJ buried that three. Looking at where they were, there nobody nobody would have expected the uh, Celtics to be here, and then they got hot. They got hot in the second half. I kind of thought it was fool's gold. They proved me wrong. They sweeped the Nets. They beat the, the Bucs in seven. They beat the Heat in seven. Now they're in the NBA Finals against the Warriors. And, Justin, what are your thoughts on the Celtics getting to the Finals?
2: Yeah, you know, the Celtics, February, I, it was like early, you know, late February, early March. I really liked the way they were playing. I kind of thought they could make a run here and get to the NBA Finals. And they've been able to do it. I know they are very banged up in the Heat series and all that. They didn't look great there for a while. But, yeah, this the Celtics team, I remember that 25-point um, game that they blew against the Knicks that night. And it was kind of the talk was kind of was it time to split up Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown? And they didn't. They kind of stuck with their plan. And here they are. They, they've had an amazing kind of second half year and they've been playing really well. And, you know, the, the Celtics team got got over the heat, got revenge. And uh, they, they've been they've been awesome second half of the year.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, they, they, they got red hot. They've gotten hot at the right time. Marcus Smart has played great. Jason Tatum's played great, and Jalen Brown's played great, and that has stopped all the talk of you know breaking those two guys up. That 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 stopped all the talk of that happening. Now we got to get to our keys of to, uh, to, to the to the series for both teams, and I'm going to start with the Celtics. I I, I, I we, we originally we said we we're going to do three. I did four keys for the Celtics. The first one for me is Tatum has to be great every game. He cannot have the game he had in Game Three against the Bucks or Game Three against the. Uh, Against the Heat, he cannot. That cannot happen in the series. He has to be great every game for them to win the series. Because I don't think they have the best player on the floor. But if Tatum can be great, that definitely can give the Celtics a chance. Number two, Marcus Smart has gotta contain Steph Curry. You know Steph Curry. You're not gonna shut down Steph Curry, but you can contain him. Marcus Smart, the Defensive Player of the Year. I I think he's got. He's got a lot of. I think he's capable of containing. Containing Steph Curry, and that's going to be the key. If he can't penetrate and get open looks for Jordan Poole and Klay Thompson and Draymond Green, if he's if he's if he's scoring, you know, twenty five points instead of forty points, I feel like if you're the Celtics, you did your job. So, uh, 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 my second key is is they got to contain uh, uh, Steph Curry. Marcus Smart has got to contain uh, Steph Curry. Number, uh, my third key. Jalen Brown has got to be good. Jalen Brown has got to be good in this series because if you look at this team, if you're drafting a team, uh, first you're taking uh, – you're, you're, out of the five players, you're taking three Warriors, you're taking two Celtics. So that means when the Warriors have – three out of the top five players, the Warriors have three of them. That second-best player for the Celtics, he's got to be good. Jalen Brown has to be good in this series. If he's not, the Celtics won't win. And lastly, the bench has got to step up. Derek White was great in game six and game seven. He's got to continue to be great. The Celtics bench has to continue to be great if they want to win this series because the Warriors, uh, they, they are the better team, but the bench for the Celtics could definitely make a difference in this series. Justin, your keys for the Celtics.
2: Yeah, so my, I got my three keys for Celtics here. Number one is use their size, their advantage, you know, get in the rim, win the battle on the boards. Um, you know, I know the Celtics, I mean, the Warriors are a great three point shooting team. They win the battle on the glass, kind of get get to the ring, get some easy baskets with Robert Williams and his presence inside. Al Horford, the Celtics do do have a pretty good chance. Number two for me is you know the Celtics have been great on the road. I think get a, get us split these first two games on the road. They're seven two on the road in the playoffs this year, and they've won twenty three of their last thirty, or they've won twenty three of the last thirty road games. They've been really good when on the road, and you know they won an a, they in the average victory. Um, in those games, has been over ten points a game, so they've been really good and they've been very decisive on the road. That's going to be a huge key because the Warriors are nine and zero at the Chase Center this postseason. They're they're a great you know team at home. They can get especially because the Celtics are seven to six this postseason at home. They've not been great at home, so they can you know at least get a split here, win a couple in, in Golden State somehow. They they got a very good chance. And then number three for me, is the Celtics got to be a lot better closing out games. You know, there is no way you're beating the Golden State Warriors um, the way they've they kind of they've played in some of these games on the stretch. It, you know, Marcus Smart, you know, he's good at times. But again, what he there is times at the end of the games he he shoots him out of the game. And again, the Warriors are going to pay. For, you know, the Warriors are going to make you pay for that. Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum have to get touches at the end of the game. If they have a chance and also defensively, too it's like they play like prevent the three and they'll give up easy layoffs. But again, it's just, they play not to lose. It feels like they, they cannot do that against a Warriors team because they, they will, they will go on a big run. They will find a way to come back and, and they'll beat you. So I think for the, for the Celtics too. You, you, you gotta be able to finish games because Wars Wars will make you high.
1: Yeah. You made a good point about finishing games. You saw that in game seven. I mean, the Celtics had a, Big problem closing out games, and if they and the Warriors are definitely a better team in the Heat, so yeah, if, if they can't close out the close out uh, close out games this series, there's no way they that they win, especially as the underdog.
2: Yeah, absolutely, they're not. You know, yeah, the, again, they, that that Heat team was really banged up, and that shot Butler did. I think he just went for the kill shot there because he knew he didn't have anything left in the tank, and you know who knows, but yeah, that 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 would have been an absolute collapse there by the by the Celtics. Jimmy Butler just went on one league there tonight.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, oh, yeah, if they would have lost that, that would have been a total collapse, seeing what happened previously in game six too. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. as you've said it, they, the Celtics need definitely, definitely need to close out games, close games better. Uh, well, now we'll uh, switch over to the Warriors. And uh, first, Curry has got to be on most of the time. If Steph Curry is on most of the time, the Warriors should win this game because this a better team. And if Steph Curry's going for 30, 35 points, they definitely should, should win this series. Number two, Wiggins needs to contain Jason Tatum. Really, the 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 best chance the Celtics have of winning is if Jason Tatum goes crazy. If if Wiggins can contain him, he's not going to do that. If he could hold him to like he's been held to he's only been held like he's only had two. I think he's only had two bad games this postseason. Game three against the Bucs and game three against the Heat. If the Warriors could have two or three a couple off games from Tatum, they'd be in great shape in the series. if, if, if If they could contain Jason Tatum. Number three. Either Clay or Poole has to score with Steph. Steph can't do it by himself. Either Clay or Poole has to step up, and they have this postseason. But say Steph and Clay have bad series, is, the Warriors could be in danger of being upset. And then number four, someone outside of Steph, Clay, and Poole has to step up, like a Draymond Green, a K- Kayvon Looney. You know, some other guy outside of Steph, Clay, and Poole has to step up. Justin, your keys for the Warriors.
2: Yeah, I'll start number one. The one kind of similar one we had is. It, um... Is your last point there of somebody outside of Curry, Thompson, and then pool have to step up for this Golden State team? You know, because the Celtics have guys too. I know there's some consistent inconsistencies there with the now Horford at times, Robert Williams. But yeah, you know, those big three can't do themselves. So Draymond Green um, is a really good distributor. Again, they may get out of order junior back who decent score, Wigginson score. Yeah, if, if the Warriors can get a couple of those guys outside of pool, Thompson, and Curry to score and get them 15, 20 points. I think Golden State's in a very good chance, and they're going to be, it's going to be very difficult for the Celtics to beat them on those nights. Number two for the Warriors for me is they got to stop throwing the ball around the gym like they have at times. And their four losses, they've averaged 16 turnovers a game, and opponents have scored 20 points per game off those turnovers. And then their wins, they've they turned the ball over 14 times a game, but it's only it cut down a. Um, they've only given up like 14 points per game. It's just, there's just time the Warriors just throw the ball around. And again, you just give teams easy buckets and, you know, they're so good defensively, you know, the Warriors that, you know, you want to make every, every possession possible tough for the opposition. Um, they, they can't throw it around, around the gym. And I know the Celtics have done the same thing at times. And the last one for me is I think the Warriors got to push the tempo with, with their offense, because I think when they're out in transition, they have numbers, especially in Draymond greens, a ball handler, because, uh, you know, there's times he makes some very dumb plays, but he's got it when he has the basketball, though, he's got a very good uh, basketball IQ. You know, he's a great driver. He get the lane draw a foul, or he finds the open shooters. And again, you can find open shooter, shooters in transition with guys like, you know, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Jordan Poole, Wiggins. You know, they, they, they have shooters, the Warriors. They can get out transition, especially because the Celtics defense is so good. These are the top two defense in the league. You get baskets like that in transition; it can be very, very tough to stop the Warriors.
1: Oh, absolutely! You made two good points about the turnovers, yeah, about them limiting the turnovers because the turnovers—you definitely hurt them in the series. Celtics are a good defensive team, and uh, yeah, the, tur- the turnovers can be very, very costly for the Warriors in the series. And, and you said it: fast break points, uh, force turnovers, and get them, and and have, again, have as many fast break points as possible. Because in the half-court offense, the Celtics' defense is really good. You you want to make sure you want you want to you want to you want to get some trans points of transition to – to uh, I think that's how, you, that's how you could steal some points against the Celtics defense because the Celtics defense, when they're in the half court, they're really, really good.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I think, yeah, I think, you know, as you're talking about that, I, I think it makes – it. I think it could really make the difference a lot of the games. It's, yeah, because, you know, it's two of the top defensive teams in the league. You know, it. I definitely see it, you know, whatever team kind of has the more fast break points that evening, you know, Could very well win that game because, yeah, you know, it's going to be very tough, I think, at times for both these teams to score in the half court because the defense are so good. So, yeah, you know, the fast break points are
1: are going to be, you know, could mean a lot in the series. Oh, oh, without without question, without question. And I think this is obviously going to be a really, really competitive series. I think this is the series that everyone wanted when, uh, you know, I don't like the Celtics at all. This I think uh, this was definitely a more entertaining series than the Celtics and Heat.
2: Yeah, it it should be because yeah, I'm like because even game six or seven were were close, but it wasn't yeah. like it was like well played basketball exactly.
1: though. And it's definitely going to be more competitive than uh than Warriors Heat would have. been. No, no, it's definitely going to be more exciting than Warrior Seat would have been.
2: Yeah, probably. Yeah, would have. You know, it, again, he had a really nice run. Jimmy Butler, again, he can play with the best of them when they, 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 he needs a big spot. But yeah, like the, the, the Heat just had nothing left in the tank, and you know, they, it would have been very tough for the Heat team to keep up with his Golden State. This Golden State offense, you know, it would have been very difficult.
1: Oh, oh, without question. Without without question. Now we'll go to our series predictions. And uh, I think this series is competitive. I think it's a competitive series, but I'm going to go with the Warriors. I'm going to go with the better team. I think I'll give the Celtics two games. But I think the problem's gonna be is, is that third score. I think that third score is gonna be the difference in the series. I think Jordan Poole is gonna be the biggest difference maker coming off the bench because he's that third score. And the Celtics just don't have that consistent third score. As good as Marcus Smart is on defense, he's not that good of a score. I mean, Time Lord is okay. Same with Horford. He, I think his, his best days offensively are behind him. So I I, I think the difference in the series is gonna be a third score, and that's why I get the Warriors winning their fourth title. In eight years, winning in six over the Celtics.
2: I hit the Warriors in five. I the Celtics. I I, didn't, I know you know they kind of get healthy here that they're off to Thursday, but you know, I I think you know the Warriors are, are a better team. I think the Celtics. I think I think it really hurts that they don't. They're not going to like you know consistently. They don't have that third score as you mentioned with Walker Thompson. I think that's going to hurt them. are um, just times I just. You know, Hector's with you there. Um, Hector's you know, going Warriors and
1: six. In six. Yeah, that's a good pick, Hector. Hey, going Warriors and yeah. six. Yeah, that's that, that. That that's a good pick. And Hector actually brought up. I think they played in the NBA Finals. He, he messaged me the other day. They played in the NBA Finals like over, I think, fifty years ago. And and uh, yes. when they were the San Francisco Warriors. And then uh, he says Curry MVP. That's exactly what I was gonna yeah. say. I was gonna say uh, I got Warriors and six with Steph Curry winning the MVP, and this would be his first. Uh, his first NBA Finals MVP, and uh, Justin, I, I know I'm kind of throwing a curve here. we were this in the rundown, but what would this do to his legacy if he wins another Finals MVP? I'm telling you, I think if he wins another Finals MVP, he's the. I think he's the second for this generation for the last decade. I feel like he's the second best player behind LeBron. If he wins a Finals, if he wins it, if the Warriors win, he's the MVP. I put him right, right. I don't, I don't put him. I don't think he's better than LeBron, but I, but but I put him right there, right, right behind LeBron. I put him better than Durant if his team can win the NBA championship.
2: Yeah, and actually, Hector, sixty-four. I knew sometime in the sixties. Um, they played. Yeah, I know the Boston media was talking about it the other day. But yeah, I, I I agree with you. I think Curry's number two, and I think too, with the way he changed the game. And like again, you see a lot of people wearing Curry, especially younger. Like it, he's really changed the game in the image. And I think a lot, you know, um, he's really stood out to a lot, a lot of basketball fans because of the way he kind of plays, and it's a different style. And again, he's you know what, five foot ten, you know here he's you know he's just over six one you know what you know he again he's not the biggest guy out there um he's you know he's not the biggest guy out there but again he he you know he could score yeah he's been a great player and I think it you know and you know and I think it kind of hurts KD's legacy a little bit that he didn't need you know that um Curry did not need Kevin Durant to win a title I think it you know kind of hurts Durant's it's definitely gonna hurt Durant's um Um, Legacy a bit. But yeah, I I put Curry number two just away. He's kind of changed the game of of basketball for everybody. And again, he's just, he's right there with the top guys of kind of just being on the spotlight and all that. They've, you know, the Warriors have done a great job of drafting, developing. And, you know, he's, I put him right there, number two.
1: Yeah. I mean, mean, and and make a point about. Durant, I'll tell you, you made a really good point about Durant, about uh, how, how uh, this hurts his legacy. I feel like it hurts his legacy a little bit because uh, l- l- look at him. I mean, he didn't need – yeah, Steph didn't need him for to win a title. So I do think this hurts Durant's legacy. Durant has not made the NBA Finals since he's been on the Miami Heat, so I do think it hurts his legacy. And then for Steph Curry, nobody has, has uh, changed the game in our generation, the way Steph Curry has, you see the teams taking all these three point shots. Now he is for better or worse. He has changed the game of basketball. He's one of the most, uh, he's one of the most uh, he's transcended the sport. He's, he's, he's changed the game. So yeah, Steph Curry is, de- is def- definitely, definitely is definitely going to make an impact on this generation. LeBron might've been better, but I feel like Curry has changed the game forever.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think he has. Cause yeah, you're, you're really seeing a change in three point shooting. You're seeing it. You know, it's moved down to the college level. It's something we've talked about a lot. You know, like, again, to make the NBA nowadays, you got to be a scorer. You got to be athletic. You got to do it all. You got to have all five tools to make the NBA. Again, we're seeing a lot of these big guys not really getting a chance if, if they're not outside shooters. They just you know, nobody really wants these big paint beasts anymore. You know, it, like, no, you know, nobody, you know, it, it so, yeah, it, you really had nobody has changed the game. Like Seth Curry has, and it's it's special to watch because, you know, again, I, at times it's, you know, I do miss the paint a little bit being a center growing up, but it, you know, it, it is it is what it is, you know, and it's, it's, he's, you know, he's been unbelievable. Um, you know, all time record three point shooting already passing Ray Allen. And again, he did that, and he's still, Curry still has another price, you know. He's still got some years left. It's not like he's at the end of his road yet. So it's special what he's been able to do.
1: Oh, absolutely. With, without question, without question. So so I got the Warriors in six, Curry's the MVP. You got the Warriors in five. Who do you guys the MVP?
2: I got Seth Curry as well. I, as you. I think yeah. he's got a big series. And, yeah, I think he gets first.
1: So we'll see. We'll see what happens with the NBA Finals. It all starts tomorrow night. It should be really, really interesting. But the Yankees, you know, we're up and down this week. Red Sox is Red Sox the same. But before we talk about that, we're going to hear from our friends at JPEG Financial.
0: Do you have a 401k and some savings for future retirement, but don't even know if it's enough to live off of? How much is enough? How often are you thinking about it? The team at JPEGs Financial Group can help set your mind at ease. We specialize in creating strategies in the planning and managing of your financial, educational and investment needs. 4305397 Securities offered through Raymond James Financial Services Inc member FINRA SIPC Investment advisory services offered through Raymond James Financial Services Advisors Inc Jpex Financial Group LLC is not a registered broker dealer and is independent of Raymond James Financial Services Jpex Financial Group is located at 78 Eastern Boulevard Glastonbury Connecticut
1: all righty, so the Yankees, uh, they played, they had a okay week in Tampa, but they did what they had to do. They they got they got a sweep. They they did what they needed to do. They got a sweep in Tampa. Uh, 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 then last night you saw them against the uh, against the Angels, and they they were really good against the Angels. I mean, one nine to one. Uh, Aaron Judge set the tone. Robin Joey Otani, Matt Carpenter hit the home run. So I mean, all in all, it's been kind of the same for the Yankees. The pitching has been starting pitching has been outstanding. The bullpen. As much as I like Clay Holmes, I wish I see a role as Chapman in the closer role. But I like I, I like what I I'm like what I'm seeing out of Clay Holmes so far. And then the offense is a little bit of a question mark, especially without Giancarlo Stanton. They only scored uh, two runs combined in the two losses in Tampa. Even though he had nine runs last night, only two losses in the in the, in the uh, two runs in the two and the two losses combined in Tampa. So you know I, I like the way. Obviously, I like the way the Yankees are at. They still have one of the best records in baseball. But if there is a concern, it definitely is the offense.
2: Yeah, the offense is a concern. As you mentioned, yeah, with Sam being out. And I think even kind of not having a guy like Josh Donaldson in that lineup is kind of with the big power that he can bring. And he started to play a little bit better, you know, by, you know, when he, um, with the incident with Tim Anderson at the time and, you know, COVID. Now he's been dealing with two. So um, he started to hit the ball better. But yeah, the, the offense, Aaron Hicks is three for 28 with running his scoring position. I think he's got two or three extra base hits all year. And then Joey Gallo is just, he's, been horrible. I know he had a couple hits last night, but he's been horrendous. And, yeah, you know, they scored two runs. And, again, Cole was outstanding Saturday. And then Sunday, you know, as well, um, Severino pitched really well Sunday, and they can't really pick him up. And the bullpen kind of – bullpen wasn't great on Sunday either. But, um, yeah, the, the bullpen is a little bit concerning. Me, but, yeah, definitely the offense is it's very consistent because, again, you can't keep – Relying on Aaron Judge, and especially too, you can't keep relying on the play on center in center field every night because he's going to get hurt. You know, we just we know that at some point, and they really got to find a center fielder,
1: yeah, yeah, because Aaron Hicks is not cutting it, he is not cutting it at all. He definitely missed center field. You made a good point there, and yeah, they, they can't just keep relying on Rizzo, Judge, and Stanton to be hit. Other guys have to step up around those guys. I mean, Glaber's been okay, but he's not been great. LeMay, used, I mean, he's as since he signed that contract, he hasn't been good. Uh, and then gallo has been horrible hicks has been har- awful Connor Falefa, I, I i i'm not a big fan of that trade i don't think he can hit for power so yeah other guys i know you don't want to be negative because the team is you know the team's playing well but for this team to make a run they need they need to uh they, they need to start hitting the they need to start hitting the ball better especially against the good teams
2: yeah absolutely because yeah they're gonna have to um especially yeah you get the postseason, season and you know like how much will it kill them? Because I, I was looking at the standings, you know, there's like, there's only like 12 teams right now, in major league baseball that are over 500. So it's like, you know, they should still be able to kind of beat some of these teams, you know, especially that under 500 with all these injuries. But yeah, when you get the postseason play late in the year, that's been the Yankees big biggest hole the last couple of years is the offense. And you, you really want guys, cause that bottom of the order right now that's not winning you awards series with, with whoever's catching that evening, the Aaron Hicks out there, Joey Gallo and the Connor for Again, that's not winning you. That's not winning you a world series. So that's, you know, that's kind of what's hurt bit, bit the Yankees last couple years, that offense.
1: Oh, absolutely. Without question. Yeah. I mean, especially last year, last year, the offense really was the big, was the big reason why they were, they, they were, they were in the playing game. I think, I, I, I think, they, I think this year it's been a little bit better, but still guys definitely need to need to step up around, around, <laughs> uh, you know, need, need, need to step up. Guys need to step up around uh, the around, I mean, Stanton, Judge, and uh, Rizzo. Guys need to step up. That, that definitely has to happen. But going to more of the positives, the bullpen has been pretty good. And uh, I, I do you like Clay Holmes as a closer? I don't love it. I don't like it long term. I still want to roll as Chapman being the closer. I know Boone wants Clay Holmes to be closer, but I don't like it long term because I still want Chapman to be the closer. I don't like when Boone does this with Chapman.
2: Yeah. I- Chapman, I, I, I'm i with you, I think, for the remainder of this year, because this is it, his contract. I think Clay Holmes probably going to be the future closer. Now, when that trade happened, I with bringing in Clay Holmes, I did not like it. And, you know, I, I just – I didn't really see it in Pittsburgh. But he's been great this year. You know, he's been unbelievable. I think next year, give him the full-time closer role, but you're paying Chapman $60 million a year. It doesn't – you know, again, I, he's never come out – he's really never been a guy either – that's pitching seventh, eighth inning. Like he's always been a closer. So it's like, how is he going to deal with that? So I, I rather see Chapman whenever he comes back off the IL. Um, I, I rather see him as a closer, but it, the, the Boone's kind of hinting that that may not totally be the case.
1: Oh, I know. I know. Uh, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Clay Holmes winds up being the closer, the way things are going. I don't like it, but I wouldn't be surprised.
2: No, I wouldn't either. I, you know, I wouldn't mind it because I, I do think Clay, Golden, you know, he's pitched really, really well this year. Um, but yeah, like I just, right now with Chapman, I think everything you're paying him again, Chapman's still one of the best when he's on. And again, it sounded like, you know, his last few outings where he struggled, it was his Achilles kind of was given a problems. that kind of was, was it. And you hopefully, you know, he comes back and, because you know when Chapman is on, he's still one of the toughest uh, pitchers to face in Major League Baseball. You know, especially now he's added that like splitter and slider. He's he's been really good. You know, when when he's on, he's on, and he's he's still one of the best. So yeah, for the remainder of the year, I, I'd still lean Chapman, especially to you know. And I, I know in some big moments of playoffs, he's he's given up you know home runs, but for the most part, I, I you know Chapman's been one of the best closers. You know, throughout his Yankees, one of the best closers in to baseball throughout his. Career with the Yankees.
1: Yeah, and that's why I just don't think I know Boone wants to have Clay Holmes be, be the long-term guy, but I, I would still go with Chapman. But we'll see what Boone does. We'll see. We'll see we'll see what ends up happening there. But we'll, we'll talk about the starting pitching now, and that's been the strength of the team. That has been outstanding. How about Tyone? How about uh uh Jordan Montgomery was good last night? Nestor Cortez, even Garrett Cole, Luis Severino There is not a guy in this rotation with an ERA uh um, everybody's an ERA under four. That's really, really good. That's a top rotation. That's a rotation that could win you a championship, and I, and that is the biggest reason why they're the best team in baseball.
2: Yeah, absolutely. This this rotation, they you know the surge have only given you know the one outing this year where their starters giving up five or more runs. Just Cole, a couple you know a couple weeks ago against the Orioles, that, that was it. Like it, it's been really good. I mean, you could say Cole's probably been you know lately like Severino or Cole or one or two are you know going in the year probably been our two worst guys
1: that's crazy you know? to think of because they yeah. both have been pretty good yeah that's crazy yeah. to think of it that they're they've been the two worst guys
2: yeah absolutely it it, it is so you know and Cole you know had the no hitter going the fifth inning the other night or sixth inning he kind of lost it there but yeah he was out he was phenomenal and against a race team that has hit him pretty well over the years you know, Tyone's been unbelievable. You hope he can stay healthy. Montgomery finally won a game. It, you know, he's ERA so three, and he's you know one on one in the year. He just hasn't got much run support, and he won his first game since August, I believe, last year. So he's been unbelievable, and yeah, this rotation great. You know, Tyone's a free agent too at the end of the year. So you know uh, that that's another one. You got Severino and Tyone are both uh, free agents at the end of the year. So that you know another with with already Judge as well. You know, you got. You know, the way those two have been pitching, another couple of tough decisions there for uh, Catherine. But, yeah, they've been unbelievable, Nestor Cortez as well, you know. Right now, he's kind of lining himself. I know it's still early. We're, like, a month away from the All-Star game. Let's but not right get now,
1: there. Let's not go yeah. there yet. Yeah, I exactly? know. So like,
2: right, right now, he'd be the starter, probably he'd be the starter right now. Yeah, in the yeah,
1: yeah, I agree. His ERA's under two.
2: Yeah. You know, he. he so who thought that coming in? So he, he's no. been great, so – yeah, the starting pitching been been unbelievable. Saturday, Sunday, it's just unfortunate the offense really could not help them out, and because they had a really good chance to get the sweep. But yeah, so it, this it, these five could stay healthy. It's it's been unbelievable the way they they've been pitching.
1: Oh no, oh, without a doubt. I mean, yeah, I mean if they continue to pitch this way this year, there's a they're the Yankees will win the division. I mean, even if the offense struggles a little bit, if they keep pitching the way they are, they definitely w- will win the division. But now, we'll, what are you gonna say?
2: Oh yeah, no. Yeah, I just say yeah, absolutely. They're going to be in great shape to win the division. Already being up five and a half on the on the Blue Jays, they, yeah, they, they'll be an unbelievable position to win that division. They keep pitching like the way they are.
1: Yeah, and, and I even and I and I've said this before. If, there, if you're four and a half games in first place this year, especially this Yankee team with the expectations we had, them being four and a half games in first place, you're definitely taking that. You're signing up for that any day.
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. And I think Memorial Day. The stat is if you're a first place team in your division, you're chance to make the playoffs, something like that, or 54% to win your division. It's like 60% to make the playoffs. Um, So, yeah, like the Yankees right now, because the Memorial Day is like, you know, like kind of about the 25% mark. I kind of like to think about it. So, yeah, you know, you're up five and a half already in the Blue Jays and, you know, six on the Rays. Yeah, you're, you're sitting really pretty right now.
1: Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So we'll move on to the Red Sox. And uh, l- let me tell you, you thought this week with the Orioles coming in and the Reds coming in, they would pick up ground, but they just haven't. They have not. And, it- and it's-, it's been a combination of everything. Starting pitching has not has not been great. Uh, the bullpen blew a huge lead on Friday night. And the offense, you know, outside you know, story got hot. Devers has been good. J.D. and Bogarts have been good. But the rest of the offense has struggles. But they don't have a leadoff hitter. Kiki Hernandez has really struggled. Jackie Bradley doing junior. was a bad trade. Getting him from Milwaukee and bringing him back—that that was a bad trade. Uh, right now, the way the Red Sox are playing, I, I think this is a fourth. We got a fourth place team right now. We got a fourth place team right now. If you're a top team and you're facing the Reds and the Orioles at home, you're not losing four of those six of those games. You're not. You're not. That's not happening. That this is the, 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 to me, the Red Sox right now are a fourth place team.
2: Yeah, they've been this. This was the weekend, you know. They five games against the Orioles. You blew the eight to. I think the eight to two lead really deflated them um yeah because the bullpen that night they the funny thing was that r- rally started after they started the fenway fans started they, well they still do the yankee suck chant like every evening that yeah. they, they they did it friday yeah. night yeah and the orders went on that run literally two minutes later they started the rally so they still did it last night they were <laughs> losing again but um they still did it but yeah it's this this bullpen announced and it, it was horrible friday night they just again the and then Rich Hill on Monday, he threw a 71-mile-per-hour curveball that just sat there in Mount Castle, and he, he drilled it. Like, that's the problem with Rich Hill. If he can't locate or stuff stuff's hanging like it did, he's going to get rocked, and that's what happened. You know, Barnes even kind of looked better the last couple outings, and then Friday, you know, Monday night, he could not find it again, and he gave up uh, three runs. So, yeah, this Red Sox team right now, it's it's just it's – you're – yeah, you're – Again, you're um, two and four now, since in this like literally yeah six game homestand. Again, you go out west during this weekend. That's and that's always a you know you never kind of know what's gonna happen. You go out west; it's always a weird thing. So, yeah, they're they're kind of you know um, prop. now. in the broadcast brought up over the weekend a bunch with their schedule is that because they played that Thursday night game against the White Sox. I think get over to after midnight. Are they now making excuses about it? No, uh, they 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 were so oh they they were god. making excuses <laughs> cuz they said they didn't land to like 5:30 Friday morning. Oh, please. So oh, they please. made excuses about that with the schedule. Oh god. Oh, so that was their god. kind of, oh well, that's why they're kind of struggling this weekend, but yeah, it just I think maybe a little bit uh, you know that it, I think they probably should have played a day game though. They they, they may probably could have played a day game. I don't know why. You know, that happened, it just uh, you know, that's just again, they just they all their offense is just I don't know that they are yeah, their offense last night. And, again, they almost went two bad back to back nights getting shut out.
1: That's crazy. That's that's crazy to think of, especially with that lineup. With that lineup, there's no way you should be getting shut out back to back times. But the problem is high and bloom did not address their needs. He did not address the bullpen in the offseason, and that's a big reason why they're twenty seven, they're twenty-three and twenty-seven. I mean, and they and they had I mean, I didn't think they were gonna be great, but they 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 are definitely underachieving. I know they got hot last week, but they're definitely underachieving. And the big reason is obviously, you know, you know, bullpen and 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 the rotation's been up and down. And they and they need a leadoff hitter. Kike Hernandez isn't getting it done.
2: No, he's he hasn't. He's still under two hundred. I don't know, you know, if they'd ever try a story there. I know Verdugo's been decent. Like uh, Frenchie Cordero has been on fire lately. I don't know if they don't. For some reason, Core really likes him at the leadoff spot because that's been his go-to guy the last few years since he's gotten there. So, yeah, it's been very surprising. They they kind of – I think they do need somebody because, again, when you got Devers, Bogarts, Martinez kind of coming up and there's a guy on for him, you know, you got to pitch careful to him. I think, you know, that's – you know, you're going to um, – you know, those, those guys are going to see some pitches. So, yeah, it's, it's kind of surprising that, you know, he hasn't tried anybody else up top of the lineup yet. because Yeah, Kike – had, you know, he had like one good week there, you know, last week in Chicago. But yeah, that's he's really has not done much this year.
1: Oh no, not at all, not not at all. He, he's 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 really he's really struggled. And I mean, the thing is, is if this team continues to lose, just like I said earlier in the year with this team, it could get late early. You know, you can't win your division. It is June now. This team needs to start picking it up. And if they don't, they could very easily become sellers at the trade deadline.
2: Yeah, I can see it. You know especially you go out West next week here, you know, they're going to, they, you could fall far behind. And um, one, you know, that could help them probably not till a month away is uh, Corr said yesterday that Chris Dale's going to have two more bullpen outing or uh, bullpen sessions before he starts his rehab assignment. So you're thinking, you know, so maybe late June, early July, depending on, he didn't say how many assignments or how many games he's going to pitch during his rehab assignments, but so, you could be getting cold back and I mean, um, sail back in a couple of weeks here, but yeah, they, they by then that they, they could be too late for this team because it just it's been way too much inconsistency. And I know they were saying the other day too in the broadcast, they've struggled in Oakland the last couple of years and they've struggled in Seattle too. It's kind of you know, they, they've struggled out west, so you know, it, it really could become problematic very, very soon. And yeah, that wild card could be. Kind of slipping away because again, eleven half back already. I know they still have to play the Yankees like sixteen times, but that's I I can't really see that team making up that much ground.
1: Yeah, and the thing is, is this year they got to win. They obviously got to win in Oakland. I know they go to Oakland this weekend, and then they then they they play the Angels in four games, and that could be they 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 could get crushed in that series. We'll see what happens there. But then they go to Seattle, and Seattle's underachieved, and they got Oakland again. So outside the Angels, the schedule is favorable going forward, and this team needs to make a push. I feel like. And I think they got. Let's look. They got three with the A's, uh, four with the Angels. That's seven. Three with the Mariners. That's ten. And three, and three with the A's. I think if if they want to be in this for the summer, I think in that in that thirteen game stretch, they got to go nine and they got to they got to go nine and four. I think out of the next fifteen games, the Red Sox got to win ten of the next fifteen games because that 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 would get them to uh, I think that would get them to thirty three and. Uh, that would get them to 33 and 32. That would get into a game over 500, and that's where they got to be in this division. So I'm saying 10 of the next 15. If the Red Sox don't win, I'll remember this. If the Red Sox don't win 10 of their next 15 games, I feel like they're done. I feel like they're done. I think I think that's what they have to do to to to, uh, to stay in this race. If you look at the teams that are going to make the playoffs. The Yankees are probably going to make the playoff. Tampa because of their hitting hasn't been good, but because of their their two starting pitchers, they'll probably make the playoffs. Toronto. They got a good chance of, make, of making the playoffs, and you get one so that's so that's three teams right there. You get one team in the central, the that, 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 that's four, and then the way the angels and the astros are playing, they got they got to win 10 of the next 15, 10 of the next 15 games. The red Sox got to win to to to, 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 to give them a chance and give them a chance to make a run this year. If not, they probably got to be sellers at the trade deadline,
2: yeah. You know, I it, yeah, you know, they got to go. I'm with you, they got to go on their own here now, you know, because. Yeah, it, again, it's gonna it would, uh, it's gonna be tough for him because, yeah, you know, with the way you know, maybe getting one of the, you know the way it's looking in the wild card right now, the white you know the White Sox right now would be the seven I believe. Yeah, or the Rangers right now, the twenty four and twenty four would be in the playoffs right now. So wow, you got to be ready, right for Five hundred. I would well,
1: I don't know if they would be in the playoffs because you would have three teams from the from the East. One yeah, there's from- um,
2: six. Oh yeah, there's oh, six. Yeah, there's, there's six this year. Yeah. There's, there's
1: six. There's six spots. So it'd be three from three from the three from the east right now. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they'd be you would have, I'm uh, be seven.
2: I don't know There's the,
1: the three from the east, then you have one from the central. So it would be it's six. So it's oh, yeah. it's, it's not easy. I mean, it it's not seven. it's not gonna be easy to make the play It's still with, I think in the American League, how top heavy it is, it's not gonna be easy to make the playoffs. So the Reds this is why they need to start making this run now. They can't start the fans can't start saying, Oh, it's April, oh it's May. It's the, it, their time is now and they got to start winning ball games.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You know, and that was supposed to come this week and it didn't. Now, yeah, now you go out to Oakland, L.A., you know, the Angels, Seattle, Oakland, you come back with. Yeah, you know, early July, they, you know, before the all-star break, you got a two-week stretch of all Tampa and the Yankees. So, you know, if you can kind of try to climb back in this hole somehow, you know, and maybe try to, you know, early July, you, you see the Yankees in the race for those two weeks. You kind of try to keep your head above water and kind of just try to float around. And it, yeah, but it's going to be tough. You know, Dean already four games under 500. You, you really blew a shot this weekend against the, the Orioles and the Reds to really gain some ground and they really did not do much. So yeah, they, they, they got to go on a, a roll out West. You know, I know core saying they're, they're trying to purchase like a suite to go watch the game tomorrow night, and that, you know, me that mm-hmm. team bonding helps going. To, you know, oh, State.
1: they're actually going to be right there. They're going to be yeah, in Oakland. So
2: yeah, so they'll be. A course that "I think they're getting a box to go watch the game or suite to go they, watch." Oh State. yeah, they, they,
1: oh yeah, absolutely. They they, they got to go. They got to go watch the game. That that, that, could, that might be able to start some team bonding for them.
2: Yeah, yeah, you know, that's you know, maybe that's me. Maybe something helps them, and yeah, get some get some on the roll there for the West Coast trip because yeah. Again, you know they they got to make some they got to make a run here in the next you know by the time they come back and face Oakland, be yeah you know you'd think you know the next couple of weeks they get back over that over five hundred line.
1: Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So it'll be interesting to see what the Red Sox do in the next couple of weeks. But we're going to shift over to hockey. We got the Rangers who are in the Eastern Conference Finals, and we got a battle of two superstars in the West. But before we got before before, before we talk about that, we got an ad from Clovercrest Media.
0: There's no bigger investment than home ownership. And to make sure the house is up to your standards, you need a professional to look it over. Brian Flanagan from Shamrock Home Inspections is a licensed home inspector and a member of the Connecticut Association of Home Inspectors. Brian was a contractor for over 15 years, so he knows how homes should be constructed and how mechanicals should work. What makes me a good home inspector was the 20 years that I was a home improvement person doing all the different repairs that I have done and what other people have done wrong that I had to go out and fix. So I have a pretty quick eye on seeing what's right and what's wrong. Before you move,
1: call Shamrock Home Inspections.
0: Before you make the biggest investment of your life, call Brian Flanagan from Shamrock Home Inspections at 860-268-2566 or visit shamrockhomeinspectionsct.com.
1: All righty, so the New York Rangers are going to the Eastern Conference Finals, and guess what team is waiting for them? The Tampa Bay Lightning is, is the last time the Rangers played in the conference finals in 2015. They went up against the Lightning. And we sat here last week at 2-2. And I was confident they would have a chance to win that series. I was confident from the beginning they could beat Carolina. And and, I, and, I, and, I, and they were able to do it. They were down 0-2. They were able to come back, uh, come back. And they won big in game six and game seven to get back to the conference finals. Uh, and, uh, and and uh, this is going to be a tough series against the Lightning. I mean, I think, you know, they play the best goaltender in hockey with Vasilevsky. I mean, obviously, look at the Lightning with Kucherov and Stamkos. They're probably the best organization in hockey. This is going to be tough. I think the home ice advantage is going gonna, is gonna to really could, – could play a factor, though, for the Rangers. It did in 2015, but I think it could play a factor for the Rangers. The Rangers have only lost one home game in this entire postseason. So, I think the home ice advantage uh, could definitely play a factor in this series, but Justin – what were your thoughts on the Rangers making their comeback? And what do they have to do to upset? I would say I assuming they're the underdogs, even though they have they don't have home they, they even though they have home ice, but what do they have to do to upset the, the Lightning?
2: Yeah, for the Rangers against Carolina, um that was I did not think they could win four out of five against that team. they were able to do it. You know, Carolina just you know, they they the Rangers did a great job on the power play. You know, they scored quickly on Monday night those two power play goals they took advantage carolina just had some dumb penalties at times they took advantage of that and they know they were able to make him pay for it you know and and igor igor is unbelievable you know he's he's been great since game three and game four at pittsburgh he's been great he's been locked down um he's been unbelievable that's kind of what you need you know a hot goaltender know, the rangers you know again for how young this team is you know um, Krat has been great in, in their elimination games. They, yeah, they've won you know, five straight elimination games. Cry's been great. Zabanajam can stepped up, you know, as well. Even Panarin, Panarin hasn't been great this postseason, but again, the big moments he he's he's played well, you know. yeah, so,
1: he had that game winning goal in, in the first round against the Penguins.
2: Yeah, so yeah. And I think, you know, in the other elimination I think in the elimination games he got two goals and two assists. Like he he's he's played well. He's contributed when they've needed him most, um, which you need out of your stars. So for the Rangers it, it's surprising that they're you know they're sitting here you know I, I did not think they'd win four out of five at carolina did not have a good feeling with going there i felt maybe you know that you know the way that rotten played in game six i figured maybe he's still a bit rattled they can get get to him but I, I would not i was ready to kind of see a full onslaught for carolina we just didn't really see it so yeah now with the lightning it's a totally different monster you're facing you know this best Gillespie is you know Still the best in the game, as you mentioned, you know, him, you know, he's, he's, he's been great. Again, he, that game four, when they swept Florida, he had 49 safes, you know, he shut them out. Uh, he, he's, 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 he's been unbelievable, you know, the last couple of years, you know, for the Rangers, because the problem is in this series two, I, I think Rangers are going to have a hard time is, again, they've been great. You know, five on five, if you look at all their numbers, they're down in the bottom half of the league, you know, in the, in the regular season, they were when they had the man advantage, they were, they were one of the best in the, in you know, um, you know, or, or, when they were on special teams, their plus minus was I think the best in the league, but five on five, they were, they were, um, it was not great. So it, they really used the power play of their advantage. The only problem I think is Tampa Bay does not take the dumb penalties that Carolina did. Carolina got frustrated. They take dumb penalties and Tampa Bay is not going to do that to you. And, you know, they're, they're going to have to find some way to score some five on five goals. So Those top, that top line, you know, is going to have to find a way to break through because I don't think you're going to have a lot of opportunities. And when you do, you've got to be able to pounce on them because, and that too, I don't think there's going to be too many scoring opportunities in this series. I, it, it's going to be very low scoring. You know, you're going to need some pucks to bounce your way in the in this series. And again, I think the Rangers, too. Another thing is, again, the Lightning have won back to back. Like, I don't know how much pressure there is for them to win a third straight because again we haven't seen it since the 80s when the Orioles won four straight you know it, it's pretty impressive what they've done but the rangers are still again they're a year ahead of schedule you know they, their backs have been against the wall. you know like the rangers i think just go out there and play like nobody nobody really expects you being the spot here you know igor's been great you know can he lock them down you know i he's got a chance to got the leading. you know you got to be able to kind of um Kucherov's been unbelievably fluffed. I think he's, you know, he has five or four goals, 11 assists. Like that top line, you know, Victor Hedman's one of the best defenders of the game. You kind of got to shut down their top guys. You know, Stamago's 2 has been pretty good. So they locked down those top guys, you know, because I'm like, because, you know, Pittsburgh, I think they did a pretty good job for the most part against Carolina's top line. You know, Pittsburgh they kind of strode against, like, you know, Tampa Bates. First line's right up there with Pittsburgh. They have a lot of um, they, they got a lot of explosiveness. Carolina really didn't. So for you know for the Rangers, they got to shut down that top line and try to make some of those third and fourth guy line line men beat them.
1: Yeah, and, and two things. Uh, the first thing, yeah, it was so stupid for Carolina, especially in Game Seven, to take those two penalties early <sighs> in the game. You know, the Rangers can't are not a good uh, they're not a good team and they're not they're not a good scoring team. and They're not on the power play. Why are you taking penalties? That was so stupid of Carolina there. And you made another good point about Carolina. Their front line was not as it's not as good as the Lightning, and the Lightning front line is really really good, and they've won Stanley Cup. So it's definitely good. it's de- you're definitely you're definitely stepping up in class from the last two opponents in this in this series. You know the yeah, Rangers absolutely. have you know the Rangers have home ice. You're definitely it's definitely a step up in competition for a very young team. But a young team that is has really surprised everyone to, to get to this point. So we'll, we'll 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 see what happens. I think it's going to be a close competitive series. But my prediction is, unfortunately, I got to go with the Lightning in six. I just think I think the Rangers are going to have their time. They're going to have their time for the next five years. I, after this, I mean, even this year they're a Stanley Cup contender for the next for a while. This team's going to be in it. There's going to be like back in the days when they back in the in the Henrik Lundqvist, uh, Ryan Callahan, Rick Nash. Uh, those days, uh, Mark, Girard, Dan Girardi, those days. B- back in those, in those days, Brad Richards, those days were the Rangers. I think we're we're getting back to those days now. When when Vigneault was the coach, or even when Tortorella was the coach, and this team was in the conference finals, and, and it got to the Stanley Cup that one year. I think we're starting to get back. It was a, it was three or four years of rebuilding, but now they're back. They're back to being a Stanley, a championship contender, which is, which is nice. But for this series, I got to go with the experience, and I'm going with the Lightning and six. But you never know. Uh, this is hockey. This is, this is hockey. You never know.
2: Yeah, it's hockey. You yeah, mentioned, yeah, you know, you never know what could happen. Yeah, I'm with you. I think the Rangers go down at six. I just think that those Lightning teams have a little bit too much experience for them. You know, Goudreau's kind of, he, you know, he's a former Lightning. That's won the last two cups with them. They got some guys that kind of know. You know, Kreider's been here forever. He he kind of has got the experience as well. Uh, but, yeah, I, I just think there's a little bit too much experience from this Tampa Bay team. But, you know, and especially, too, like goalie-wise, Tristan Jury played in game seven. That's the only like first stringer you played throughout this entire playoffs. And again, you, you play, you, you know, you play, who you know, you beat who you got to play. The Rangers did it, but now you, you totally take a step class up as well against the lightning and even now against the best goaltender in, in hockey. So I think it's going to be very tough for them to knock them off, but I'm with you. This, this, yeah, this is starting to feel like a decade ago, you know, around that time where the Rangers right there every single year, they Got to the cup in 14, but just could not finish the job. Yeah, you know, this team, uh, you know, this, this core that they got, hopefully should go on a nice long run again and hopefully this time break through and get get a cup. But, um, yeah, I just think this year the, the lightning experience would be a little bit too much for him.
1: And you made a really good point about the goaltender. Uh, I mean, yeah, you're not facing the third-string goalie this round from uh, Carolina or even the backup, Retina. Uh, and you saw that at the end of the series. He started to fall apart at the end of the series. This is the best goalie in hockey, so – It'll be a very, very – it'll be an uphill climb for the Rangers. But it'll be very interesting. It'll be very, very fun to see them take on the two-time defending Stanley Cup champs in this series. But we got to head over to the Western Conference. And what an entertaining game last night between the – you talk about there won't be many, many goals in the Eastern Conference in that series. In the Western Conference, there'll be a bunch of goals because you got two superstars with Nathan McKinnon and Connor McDavid going at it in the Western Conference. And uh, even though they only, they only scored a goal apiece – the game did not disappoint. The, the Avalanche beat them 8-6 to to go up 1-0 in this series. And right now, even though the Avalanche won, do you think they have the edge in the series?
2: Yeah, I think they do. I, I think, you know, the back end, I think they're better at. Goal as well. Well, it depends how long their starter's out for. Um, their coach did not give an update last night, or I haven't seen anything this morning stating if he's going to be back or not um, for game number two. Well, yeah, I think yeah, it, I think Colorado does. I think Colorado got a little bit more than than the Edmonton Oilers right now. Um, you know, especially in that back end, and even goaltending wise, they get um, Kemper back. I, I think they're in really good shape. Just because I I can't trust the two Edmonton goalies, and again, it's going to be tough to win a lot of you know eight seven games. It's, it's going to be high scoring, but it, it, again, I can't see the Oilers scoring seven goals a night. It
1: just it's
2: Colorado defense is it's not going to allow that to happen.
1: No. And what do the Oilers got to do to get back in the series?
2: The Oilers, they, you know, um, they got to get better goaltending. And even back end defensively, they're they're not great. And um, I, I think that, you know, last post, you know, and they got to get some more guys off that first line that, you know, some more goal, you know, they got to be more. Now, McDavid, Saddle Vander Kane have been really, really good. Nugent Hopkins. But, like, the problem the last couple of years with the Oilers was – you know, teams kind of were able to slow them down just enough and their third, fourth line, um were not able to get it done, you know, in the playoffs and could not be able to score. Those lines are gonna have to step up uh, at some point and, and get get a couple goals for them because the you know, I, I you know I see this, I, I think it's be high screen seed but I think Colorado um they match up with the first line, you know, first liners on both sides. I think you know is going to be able to slow them down just a bit. I think they're a little, you know, Colorado's better than Calgary. You know, this Colorado team's really, really good, but you know, it's going to be it's going to be tough for Edmonton. I, you know, it's going to be tough for McDavid in that first line to do it all against a team like team like Colorado. You can get away with it against a team like Calgary and a team like the Kings, but against Colorado, they're going to make they're going to make some of those other guys. Had step up a beat you. Now, if it's a third-string goalie you're going up against, or a second-string goalie you're going up against um, for Edmonton, or Edmonton's going up a second-string goalie, I, I could see them having a lot more success in that first line because Kemper's been pretty good. And I haven't seen a, a lot of that that guy they brought the um with um I can't you know Pavel I can't pronounce his last name, but I've seen last night. So, but again, he's a second-string goalie, so I can't think that he's unbelievable. You know that he's going to really be able to shut them down because they almost blew that lead last night. That you know seven three lead last night.
1: Oh, 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 absolutely, yeah, up seven three. That's the that that is. Then yeah, that's the Oilers did. They did. They, they didn't quit. They almost they almost came back and won that game. So so uh you got to give them credit for that. But look at the two superstars, McDavid and McKinnon. Who are you taking between the two superstars?
2: Right um like who's better? Who what what, t- what
1: who who's who's think- be- who's be- who's better?
2: I, I think it's McDavid. I think McDavid's the best player in the sport right now.
1: Yeah, yeah. He's he, there's
2: just so much he can do with with the stick on his puck. I'm like he had 80 assists this year. You know, 45 goals to go with it. He's been unbelievable. You know, two is another great one on his on uh, his line partner. McDavid's you know yeah, McKinnon's an unbelievable player. But the thing McDavid could do is, is just special. And some of the goals he scored just it. He's just he's just special to watch. You know. And for people who are not big hockey fans, it's this, this series gonna be so entertaining, especially with Connor McDavid. And hopefully, you know, you know, hopefully, like the national, everybody kind of gets to learn Connor McDavid's name because he is a special hockey player. So,
1: who do you got in this series? The Oilers, or the Avalanche.
2: I got the Avalanche in six. I think they're, I think they're, I think they got a little bit more. Big um, Kinnon Retna uh, on that line as well. Cadres played really well. I think it's Colorado's time. They've been kind of knocking the door like a, lot a couple years. Same thing with Edmonton. I think Edmonton needs a little bit more um, all-around game, and especially goaltending. Mike Smith at age forty, they really need to find another goaltender. Wow, forty-year-old
1: um, goalie? You, yeah, you know, Edmonton. It was, wow.
2: Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. As you've seen, he's not the greatest. He's not the greatest no, in the no, world no, no. So I got Colorado win this series. I think it's their time. They they got a really nice young core. They've been at the knocking at
1: the door for a while. Um, Colorado should be back in Stanley Cup. Yeah, we'll see what happens there. It should be a fun series between the Oilers and the Avalanche. But that's going to wrap it up this week on Sports Talk with RJ For Justin and Afrio, I'm Steve Risser. We'll be back next week to, to continue to we'll talk about the uh, NBA Finals, the conference, final, the conference Finals in the NHL, and the Yankees and Red Sox. Have a great weekend, everyone. Jones, first down, wide open, at Barkley and saquon barkley will take it into the end zone your best ability is event ava- of availability saquon barkley he's great when he's on the field but the problem is since 2018 he hasn't been healthy for this team
0: look at this they lob it to be he taps it in off the
1: glass
2: horton morger i think right now is the best coach of college basketball hands down Finch, two for three he's
0: done his part is drilled the deep right field toward the poles,
1: and it is gone. They don't mind not being what they were in the nineties as the best organization in baseball, because the Yankees are not, or even close to the best organization in baseball.
2: They're trying to be the
1: Rays, and
2: the Rays do this for a reason. Like you're the Yankees.
0: Hello, my name is Joe McGuire. I'm the president of Clovercrest Media Group, and here at CMG we have a wide variety of podcasts, including sports shows like Keys to the City, The Roll Call, Throwing Jabs, All Four Downs, and Showing About the G-Man, and great true crime shows like Sticky Week, Crimes and Consequences, Ivy League Murders, and Bird: the Unsolved Murder of David Eichmann. You can find all these podcasts and so much more by visiting Clovercrestmedia.com.